There's a difference between believing in God's existence and actually encountering Him in a supernatural way. He is raising up those that have a connection who know their God, who will be strong and do great exploits through the knowledge of Him, as opposed to those who have a head knowledge or an intellectual understanding of who He is. We had a team of 20 uh, from Glory City at, uh, in Brazil with us at the Voice of the Apostles. Over, I think, four days, there were, we, ha- we ministered to 9,000 people. And uh, I believe as they were going through just the basic stats of every night on the buses, they'd, they'd try to get numbers of what the Lord had done. And, um, from their calculations, just on the reported ones, I think we saw 107 blind eyes, no, 15 blind eyes, 107 deaf ears open, 15 blind eyes, 37 tumours disappear. I mean, remarkable, remarkable miracles that we saw. I should get Josh up too to share that. That was glorious. There were so many glorious things. Lucia and Marcelo and um, Aaron and Rebecca were there. I would, Tom and I would, all the speakers would sit on the platform and um, watching the teams get released at the end of the night to just to pray for people, it, it just gave my heart so much joy. It's like watching these little whirlwinds moving through the crowds. Luci or, or Rebecca, as you could see them because of the, the, the tracks that they'd make through the crowds of these people on the bodies all everywhere are manifesting with the power of God. It was, it was really glorious. And, and their eyes shining as they come and tell me that they saw their first blind eye open or their first, or they had their first deaf ear open by the power of God. Or, I watched this tumor disappear. And so it's just so glorious as we um, have had the opportunity to see the glory of God manifest. You know, when Jesus turned water into wine, the Bible says it was the beginning of the manifestation of his glory. And miracles manifest his glory. They lift up his name. Hallelujah. Come on up, Josh, too. We'll hear that. Once again, a spotlight came on this man who was sitting by himself. I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, let's do this. So we went over and I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. So I started praying over him and it was the same thing. I thank you, God, that you see him in amongst this whole stadium that you see him. Um, And then he said, oh, hold on. I can't hear in this ear. Can you speak in the other ear? And (laughs) I look like a crazy woman. I was like, you can't hear in that ear? (laughs) I was was so excited. I felt like a a bubbling up of freedom. I was like, you can't hear in that ear? And so um, he said that he couldn't hear in that ear for 27 years. I was like, wow. And then I, um, that's right. He had an operation that took everything that was inside his ear out. Um, And I said, okay, let's pray. And so we prayed for him and his ear opened. It was a miracle. God met him there and um, yeah, it was amazing. So those were two of the millions of things God did on the trip. (laughs) One of the big things I think that I've taken away and and then I'll start is the same God that moves in Brazil moves in Australia. The same miracles we saw in Brazil we can see here. But three of the ones that really stood out to me um, 
one of them was a young lady, and I don't know who it was, but there was a word of knowledge come from the front um, when we all got lined up, and it was about a tumour on her hand, or it was a tumour, and she goes, I've got a tumour on my hand. I said, well, let's pray for it. Uh, she put a hand on the tumour, and I put my hand over the top of her hand. We prayed for maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds, lifted it up, and it was still there. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have to pray again. And all of a sudden, it literally, and my brain is still trying to reconcile this, <laughs> It went out like a balloon lost air. It just swiveled and went into her skin. And I looked at it, I'm like, what the? Because <laughs> for me, I've seen some stuff before, but normally you move your hand and it's gone. And it's, this was actually a physical watching it. So my brain was totally tapped. Um, the second one was a guy that got, he had 15% or 12% sight. Um, all he could see was blur and purple. Um, he had a ring inserted into his eyes and literally got 20-20 vision back. Uh, the ring dissolved in his eyes. And I've got a lot of these stuff on video, so I can't wait to get it all done up. The last one, which I found quite bizarre, um, we were at a meeting where Pastor Catherine was preaching. I'm sitting there and this guy comes up and he's got a Achilles uh, injury. He's just had an operation on his Achilles. He snapped his Achilles and he's also deaf in his left ear. And so I'm like, I'm going to pray for this guy. Like, I saw a guy in a wheelchair trying to get everything. I could try and go for anything. But this guy comes up, and I'm sitting there praying for his Achilles. And, and this, at this stage, when you've seen everything that we've seen over there, you know there is nothing impossible for God. Like, <laughs> there's something about the faith that rises up. And anyway, I'm praying for him, and I'm asking him to move, and he starts moving his left foot a little bit. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's getting healed. He's getting healed. And all of a sudden, I start getting excited. So I'm like, yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he starts stomping with his foot. He's going, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you don't know at that time. And all of a sudden, his interpreter starts shouting, he's healed. He's healed. He's got no pain. I'm like, get out. And he goes, and he can hear. Like his ear popped at the same time as his Achilles. So it was really, really cool. God, thanks guys. Well, we did hear an amazing testimony uh, this week. Uh, I believe it, Brooke is actually coming up to do our academy, which is going to be really fun. But she had come to our miracle meeting in June, I believe, and she'd had emergency surgery, uh, some issues that she'd had uh, with her womb. And when they opened it up, on the table, on the operating table, they took pictures and scans and said, you have half a womb and only one fallopian tube. Uh, if you were to ever fall pregnant, it would be life-threatening. It would be terribly dangerous. And, um, and they did further scans confirming, yes, you've got half a womb and only one fallopian tube. And, um, and they delivered the news to her in the hospital. Look, it, it, you probably need to know for the future that it would be very dangerous if you ever fell pregnant. Uh, your womb wouldn't be able to, to uh, carry a baby through to term and, and it would be life-threatening for you. And so this was a hard thing for a young woman to hear. And she opened up the scripture and uh, she read about, sing, O barren, you who have not born. And she thought, yes. And like Sarah, she began to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. I know God's going to do something. And so she decided to come up to Brisbane for, to the miracle meeting intentionally to receive a miracle. And she fasted and prayed and uh, she received prayer at the altar. The Holy Spirit touched her. She said she felt fire on her belly, which is something people seem to commonly experience. 
she went back and had an MRI and uh, just a couple of weeks ago she, her specialist appointment had been delayed so she went and saw the specialist to get the news of what was going on and the specialist showed her the scan from when she'd been on the operating table, the follow-up scans to show yes, half a womb and one fallopian tube and he said, I can't explain it but your latest MRI is here and you have a complete womb and two fallopian tubes and absolutely nothing wrong with you. That's amazing. That's a creative miracle. Yay, Jesus. We were then, um, this week we were talking with some of our monthly partners. We meet them on Zoom once a month and um, there was a lady there saying that she, I, I think she may have even um, engaged with the miracle meeting online in faith, believing for a miracle. She'd been diagnosed with stage four cancer, a very rare cancer, a cancer of the appendix, which I'd never even heard of. It was a, a very rare cancer, but metastatic, meaning that it had um, spread stage four, very serious cancer. And so she had come hearing about the miracle meeting um, online, believing I'm gonna connect with God and I'm gonna receive a miracle. Well, she gave the report that they, uh, they've now done the follow-up test and they were expecting her belly to be full of cancer and they can't find any. Just extraordinary, extraordinary miracles. And so you can hear about these wonderful things that the Lord is doing in Brazil. The sheer numbers, um, I think, are extraordinary, but God is doing extraordinary things here in our nation. And I, I believe the Lord's given, us, given me today a word for Australia. I wasn't expecting it, um, and I do believe that the Lord is speaking to us. So a little different to what I, would, I normally share, but I want you to listen with prophetic ears today to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm reading from Zechariah 9, which you may be familiar with, as I often use this beautiful scripture. I love it. And... Um, I normally would focus on, I will restore double to you. But let's just start here in verse 9, which I think is beautiful. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Zechariah 9.9. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And we know, of course, this was a prophetic scripture about Jesus would be, uh, who came then into Jerusalem and as everyone was shouting, Hosanna, riding on a cult, just uh, as the scripture prophesied here in Zechariah. He says, I'll cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river, capital R, river, to the ends of the earth. You know, we've just been, I've just been with Randy Clark, who was used in 1994, uh, at the a sparking and the start of a worldwide revival that really impacted the globe. Uh, and people talk about it as the river. 
where the joy of the Lord just impacted and changed so many lives. I know myself, 94, 95 is when I experienced a baptism of fire, the river of God, joy that has never left me, that marked me forever. Do we have anyone else that was marked forever during 94, 95? Yeah, okay, no, like big wave, like, and you know, you know, it was like, that was a marking time. It was a genuine move of God that went throughout the earth. And um, it was a sovereign thing. God was doing it in places where they'd never heard of Toronto. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit was moving. It was a, a worldwide wave of the power of God that really marked and impacted and changed so many lives. You can hear from the stories of people like Heidi Baker and, and others, that, uh, Bill Johnson, who was so impacted by that move of God. Now that's a long time ago, be, before some of my children were even born. But I believe, even as Cheryl Lindley prophesied the other night, that there is another wave about to come. During that time, 94, 95, when I was being so impacted by the move of the Spirit, I had a series of dreams and I would wake up in the morning with an open vision of this word, G-A-L-I-A-H. I had no idea what this meant. I, it was in the days before smartphones when you could just press Google. I just, I, I like, what is that word? Is it like a Bible college I'm meant to go to? <laughs> I didn't know what this was. And then another, and I wake up again a few, a few weeks later, same word in front of me. And finally, I, I was able to find out that this was actually a Hebrew word, a Hebrew female name meaning wave of God. And I started having dreams of a huge wave coming across Australia. And I knew it was a healing wave, a healing revival wave. And Smith Wigglesworth and others have prophesied that there would be a move of the Holy Spirit coming out of Australia, New Zealand, and the islands of the South Pacific and going to all the nations of the earth. And so I began to really um, get very excited. I believe that that, which was prophesied back then, which I was uh, feeling the Lord speak back then, is a word for right now. And I'm, I, I'm feeling it. There's an, there's an awe of God. There's something glorious that's building. And I believe it's an invitation for us to pray. You know, when Daniel, in the book of Daniel, recognized that the prophecy about the 70 years was up, that it was time, he set himself to pray. And the response is when we when we sensing it's a it's a kairos moment, it's a time. This is an invitation for not for us to sit back and wait and see, but for us to actually uh, position ourselves, just as Nick prophesied just now, to really recognize God is ready and he's waiting for us to begin to speak and to begin to declare and begin to, to declare what the Holy Spirit's doing. Anyway, we'll keep reading because it's glorious. Hallelujah. Verse 11, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. 
Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Hallelujah. You prisoners of hope, you want you people who've who've had this hope on the inside that's like, oh, it doesn't matter what I'm seeing, doesn't matter what I've been walking through. I've got this hope that just won't let me go. A prisoner of hope. It's like, I, I can't let go. I know God's gonna do something significant. I know God's moving. I know God has promised it. And for those ones who have not let go of the hope, God's promise is that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you have dreamt about, all you have hoped for, all you have held on to. God not only wants to do that, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above, Ephesians 3 says. Now, I don't know about you, but I dream about a lot of stuff I, and daydream, and I have a lot of hopes, and I have a lot exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. I have a really good imagination. And I can imagine a lot. And God says, you reckon? You reckon? I want to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask. And I can ask a lot. Hope. And I hope for a lot. Or imagine. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to stretch you. And I felt it on Friday night. I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to stretch. You need to enlarge your vision. You need to enlarge your tent pegs. You need to enlarge your expectation because I am ready. I am ready whether you are or not. I am ready, coming ready or not. Are you gonna open up your heart to receive the fullness of what I'm about to do? Hallelujah. Then this next verse, I remember Pastor Barry sharing something glorious about this next verse, and I was meditating on this today. For I've bent Judah my bow, and fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like a sword of a mighty man. We heard the Lord prophesying, I think Sarah was prophesying about the sword uh, today. I've bent like Judah my bow. Judah, you know, um, when you look at the meaning of the, the word Judah, Judah actually means praise, worship. And I have filled the bow, worship and praise, with Ephraim, which means fruitfulness. Pastor Barry was pointing this out. That worship and praise right now in this season where god is about to do the double the exceedingly abundantly above he's going to do for those prisoners of hope who've focused their faith and said i'm not letting go until you bless me there is a key for you in the in the bow of praise that god is about to send forth like lightning an arrow of fruitfulness that's going to come from you giving yourself to worship and praise. Then the Lord will be seen over them and his arrow will go forth like lightning and the Lord will blow the trumpet and will go with whirlwinds from the south. I was watching some of these whirlwinds from the south <laughs> being released in Brazil and then here again on Friday night and they literally looked like whirlwinds. We've had people telling us, um, I, 
uh, we have a, a testimony from a, a lady that came to one of our conferences a couple of years ago, a missionary from Thailand who had leukemia. And as we prayed in communion groups, as we just prayed for her, she said she felt like a whirlwind going around her, a whirlwind of the spirit, and she was instantly healed. And the doctors confirmed no more leukemia. These whirlwinds from the south, I know, I, I know that scripture prophesies on many levels, but I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and releasing an invitation to us as Australians that the Holy Spirit wants to send forth his whirlwinds from the south, that there is going, they're going to be sent forth all over the world, that God's going to send them out with the power of the Holy Ghost. And this isn't a season to sit back and see, well, I'll see if the, if the Lord touches me or not. But this is a time for you to, to let the Lord bend your worship and your praise to a place where he's, he's causing you to come into a, such an expectation that he's about to to send forth like arrows, like lightning. Lightning strikes in unexpected places and it's suddenly, and it's, it's, it's shocking. I believe that there are shockingly glorious miracles and glorious things about to be released as we as people give ourselves to worshiping and praising God. It says here, I've raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece and made you like the sword of a mighty man. When you talk about Hebrew and Greek thinking, it's generally understood that Hebrew thinking is more holistic. It's not just intellectual, it's experiential. So that when we, when we understand Hebrew thought as opposed to Greek thinking, Greek thinking is, is generally understood in scripture to be intellectual head knowledge. Now Job, if you look at the end of Job, remember Job said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see you and I repent in dust and ashes. That there was a difference between the intellectual knowledge of God or even simply a belief in the exi existence of God. There's a difference between believing in God's existence and actually encountering him in a supernatural way. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prays for all the believers that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would be given as the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's a Hebrew conceptual idea of in the knowledge of Him. It's not just a head knowledge, it's a knowing, an intimate, deep connectedness. It's the key of David. It's that, ha. Huh, it's not the, the knowledge that Saul had of, I know I need God, I know he's real, he's the God of Israel, but it's the key of David who would be open and honest and connect from the heart with God, who had a knowledge of God that was deep and spiritual and supernatural and personal. And I believe that the Holy Spirit would have us to pray into this apostolic prayer of Ephesians 1 right now, that he'd have us begin to say, yes, God. Paul prayed that prayer for all the saints, for the believers who already had been converted, who already had a connection with God. He was praying that you would experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that you would know the hope of his calling, the riches of your glory 
his glorious inheritance in you, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. It comes from this connected knowledge. And he's raising up you sons of Zion uh, against the sons of Greece in that he is raising up those that have a connection who know their God, who will be strong and do great exploits through the knowledge of him, as opposed to those who have a head knowledge or an intellectual understanding of who he is. And that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give a deepening revelation in the knowledge of him to each and every one of us. And that it's not something that we should take for granted. You know, I know when I was converted, I got very real with God in worship as a child. And I said, Lord, I can't see you and I don't know you. Help. And right in that moment, as I cried out help, the Lord gave me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit helped me know who I was talking to, know who I was worshiping. And this worship that God is going to fill with fruitfulness is worship that is worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, the Father is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. That is not just in intellectual knowledge or in a spiritual obligation. I worship you, God, because you are God and you are great. Out of a, a head knowledge, knowing it's the right thing to do. I believe in you. I'm saying it's the right thing to do. But he is actually looking for those who would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and thus be provoked to worship him. To worship him out of, not out of ritual, but out of a, oh, I see you, and I repent in dust and ashes. I see you, oh, you are glorious, you are high and lifted up. That is available to anyone who will seek. The Bible says, seek and I will be found by you. This isn't just for prophetic people. This isn't just for those who have a prophetic gift. This is for all believers, anyone who would seek him. The Bible says, seek and I will be found by you. And I believe that as you seek him in this day, as you intentionally set your mind every day to say, God, I need more. I want more. Yes, God. Yes, God, you've saved me. Yes, God, I love you. And yes, thank you, God, that you've come in as my Savior and my Redeemer. But Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you in a deeper and more glorious way. I want your Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of my understanding today with fresh bread, with fresh revelation, that I would be provoked afresh today to worship you out of a response of your Spirit revealing the Father and the Son to me. It's available. I want to finish today's program by telling you this powerful testimony. A lady had a knot the size of a fist on her abdomen when God did the impossible. Two weeks ago, I was laying in a hospital bed and I had my stomach open. I, have, I had a knot in my stomach the size of my fist. And I was sitting back there and I kept saying, God, if this is really real, show it to me. I walked up to you and I said to you, I'm really hurting. And you said, I know, you, you grabbed my hands and raised them and I could feel 
my stomach had heat to it. And what's, ha what's happened now? Well, right now, I went to the bathroom to check it. There was no incision. The incision's gone. And the, the, and the knot is gone. There's no knot. I tell you, nothing is impossible for the Lord. Be encouraged. He wants to touch you too. I love connecting with our monthly partners through our monthly mentoring Zooms. It's so beautiful to be able to pray together and have question and answer time. And we so value our monthly partners. We have different sessions for people in different time zones around the world. And it is so beautiful to connect with those who are partnering with us to take this message to the world. If you'd like to join us as one of our monthly partners, you can do that through the website. I'd love to be able to connect with you on one of our monthly Zooms.